Hello my beautiful sickos and welcome back to Behind the Horror Movie. This week we are deep diving into some pretty gruesome details. I wouldn't normally put a disclaimer at the beginning of an episode because it is a true crime podcast so you should already know what you're getting yourself into, but fair warning. Okay, now that I've lubed you up a little bit, let's get spooked. Was it the boogeyman? I'm scared. There's nothing to be scared of. Are you sure? How? Him. You can't kill the boogeyman. Today we'll be talking about who many people believe to be the real life Michael Myers. Michael Myers is actually based on a patient John Carpenter encountered during a college visit at his local mental institution, which is where he saw some of the most serious and mentally ill patients, including a young boy no older than 13, with soulless eyes, and a pale, emotionless face. This boy would go on to be the inspiration for Michael Myers' demeanour in the 1979 slasher film, Halloween. Halloween tells the story of Michael Myers, who on Halloween night stabs his 15-year-old sister to death. For this, he is institutionalised, and according to his doctor, is the personification of evil. 15 years later, the day before Halloween, Michael escapes from the mental institution and returns to the small town of Haddonfield. On Halloween night, he hunts for his next victims. And we all know the story from there. Halloween was the pioneer of every slasher movie in history. I mean, without Halloween, there wouldn't be Scream. And could you imagine life without Scream? No, you don't want to. It wouldn't be a life worth living. So while comparing Michael Myers to real-life serial killers, I thought, no way. Someone so sinister could not be real. But then, I came across Charlie Brand. On January 3rd, 1971, at about 10pm, Isla Brandt, an expecting mother was drawing herself a bath while her husband, Herbert, was shaving in their bathroom. Angela, the eldest, was asleep in her room. This was until she heard loud noises, like firecrackers, coming from her parents' bathroom. 13-year-old Charlie Brand had shot his father in the back and then shot his pregnant mother several times. This was unfortunately fatal for Isla. Charlie then held the gun towards Angela, his 15-year-old sister, and pulled the trigger. Thankfully, there were no more bullets. After attempting to calm her brother down, Angela runs out of the family home in her bloody nightgown and searches for help. She bangs on the front door of 16-year-old Sandy Radcliffe. By the time Sandy answers the door, Angela had moved on to another house in search for help while Charlie stands in her place. He alerts Sandy that he has just shot his parents. The police are called, and Charlie is taken into custody. Because of his young age, Charlie could not be charged for the murder of his mother. Instead, he was to reside in a mental institution, while he undertook three separate psychiatric evaluations. The results showed no sign of mental illness, or an explanation as to why Charlie had attempted to murder his loved ones. A year later, 
Charlie's father, Herbert, secures his release from the mental institution. He encourages the children to keep the family secret before moving the family to Florida. The Brant family were putting the incident behind them and starting anew. According to lead investigators, Charlie's two younger siblings were so young during the shooting they do not remember and were never told how their mother really died. Let's skip to 15 years later. Everything is supposedly back to normal and Charlie, now 28 years old, continues to live a normal and happy life. This is when Charlie would meet Terry, an old friend of his brother-in-law. Terry would become Mrs. Brandt on August 29, 1986. Terry is known to all as a very outgoing and beautiful woman, while Charlie was known as the Observer. (laughs) I feel like everybody says this about serial killers. Look, don't get me wrong, of course serial killers are very odd, they're very weird, but whenever I watch a documentary there's always accounts from someone's brother's girlfriend's daughter's husband who thought they were weird but never expressed their concerns to anyone. In my opinion, it's just people trying to make themselves sound woke as fuck. Like, oh yeah, I definitely knew something was wrong with him. Yeah, okay, Sharon, you didn't say that when you were shoveling his potato salad and you got with the family barbecue last weekend. Maybe next time when your spidey senses are tingling, give us a heads up. In 2004, married couple Charlie and Terry Brandt evacuated their home due to Hurricane Ivan. Their niece, Michelle Jones, was kind enough to invite the pair to stay at her home near Orlando. According to investigators, Charlie Brandt had pushed the stay longer, well after the hurricane had cleared. While Charlie and Terry stayed in her home, Michelle had kept in contact with her mother, along with several friends. On September 13th, one of Michelle's friends was meant to join them for drinks that evening. However, she was discouraged into doing so. As Michelle had confessed, her aunt and uncle had too much to drink and were arguing. When her friends rang the next morning, Michelle didn't pick up. After a few more rings, going straight to voicemail, her friends began to worry. On September 15th, another of Michelle's friends, Debbie Knight, had grown anxious and went to check on her. As the door was locked with no answer, Debbie tried to enter the house through the garage. That's when she saw the body of Charlie Brandt hanging from the rafters by bedsheets. Debbie called the police. Once entering the home, authorities discovered a murder-suicide scene, with Terry Brandt laying on the couch with multiple stabs to the chest, while Michelle lay on her bed in her room, decapitated, with her heart removed and her head placed next to her body. According to investigators, the weapons used were Michelle's own kitchen knives. Authorities state that Michelle's mutilation was so precise that they believed the work to be of someone who was experienced in decapitation and heart removal, an experienced killer. Upon further investigation, authorities found search history in relation to necrophilia, sexual violence against women, and death fantasies on Charlie Brand's computer. While searching through the Brand home, Investigators also discovered posters and textbooks of the female anatomy. This had been seen as Brandt's how-to guide 
as there had been significant similarities between the findings and Michelle's death. Victoria's Secret subscription magazines addressed to Charlie Brandt also stood out to investigators, as when close friends and family were alerted of this, it was brought to lead investigators' attention that Charlie would often refer to Michelle as Victoria's Secret. This led authorities to believe that Charlie Brandt had been infatuated with his niece, Michelle. While authorities were sure that Brandt showed the skill of an experienced killer, the only question they faced was how many other victims were there. Authorities found that Terry Brandt had kept a journal. In many entries, Terry notes significant dates where Charlie would be out all night without explanation. This was incredibly suspicious, as on many accounts, friends would say Terry had been the life of the party, while Charlie was very quiet and stuck to himself. To begin the search, lead investigators tried to match unsolved murders to Charlie Brandt's previous travel destinations across the United States and abroad. Potential cases poured in. Investigators then searched through each case to find similarities between Michelle's death and other victims. This proved successful, as Brandt's unique trademark was precision and methodical technique. The murders of Sherry Perrichot and Darlene Toller had jumped out to lead investigators. Back in 1989, for local fishermen in Big Pines Key, it was just an ordinary work morning. They cast their lines and felt something pulling. As they pulled the line in, they saw what they thought was a mannequin. However, it was the body of 38-year-old Sherry Parashot. Just like Michelle Jones, Sherry had been decapitated with her heart cut out just four blocks away from the Brant home. In 1995, Darlene Toller's body was wrapped up in blankets, plastic and tied up and was found on the side of a highway in Miami. Her head and heart were also removed. Inside Charlie Brant's truck was a logbook of mileage records. This identified him as the murderer of Darlene Toller, as investigators had found a spike in the numbers around the time Darlene was killed, exactly 100 miles from Brandt's home. Ultimately, the search linked Brandt to 26 unsolved murders in Florida, dating back to 1973. However, we will never truly know how many victims there were. In 2006, Charlie Brandt's mental health records had been released to lead investigators. According to the lead investigator, the documentation has deemed helpful in identifying the motive for Charlie Brandt's crimes. Since the loss of their daughter, Michelle's family are fighting for a criminal database, aiming to uncover anyone of any age who has killed another person, regardless of the circumstances. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and a very big thank you to our sources for this week, who will be linked in the description. Please feel free to email us at behindthehorrormovie at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes store, as this helps so, so much. Have a great week, stay healthy, stay sane, and I'll get spooked with you next week for more true crime behind the horror movie.